Power 98.7 Podcast. Power Lunch with Appen and Isomi. Weekdays 1 to 3 p.m. on Power 98.7. Now, we're talking. It is six minutes past two o'clock. Welcome to the second hour of Power Lunch and Power 98.7. So it's Personal Finance Tuesday. And today we're talking about the very, very necessary money conversation that you must have before you say I do. Very, very important because the number one reason, I still can't believe it, but it's apparently true. The number one reason for divorce the world over is money because we don't address these issues right from the onset. So in the studio, we're joined by Acting Chief Executive of the South African Savings Institute, Gerald Mwandiambira, who is uh, in the studio. Thank you so much for making the time for coming in this week. Always Thank a pleasure you. and good afternoon to all the Power FM listeners. A pleasure to have you. And, and I think a good starting point would be just realizing the importance of having these conversations not when you're about to get married also just but whilst you're in the courtship phase understanding our relationships with money and that's truly truly where it begins because if you're failing or um you you, you are not addressing these issues you're really setting yourselves up for failure i think so Apalele, because we need to realize that a marriage contract above all and before all is a financial contract mm. it is not about um, the airy fairy romance stuff. No, <laughs> when you go to court, a matrimonial con- contract, depending on the regime you're married under, is simply a financial contract, and yeah. that financial contract either joins your two estates and you become one financial mm. body. And the biggest discussion you should be having whilst you're courting is around finances because once you are together everything you do whether it's having a child or going on holiday depends on finances yeah and when it comes to you know the debt issue and and that's also a very big one right debt 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 i'm in debt you're in debt but when you find that you are with someone who's not particularly good when it comes to servicing their debt that might be an alarm bell not to say cancel that don't get married to them of course we're not going to prescribe that for you but but maybe you might be you might want to be cautious about certain things about your relationship uh, with money going into this marriage I think so because when you start dealing with matters such as debt to me there are instances where life happens and you cannot honor your financial obligations but then there are some instances where it's an honesty and integrity issue at hand and you need to know this about your prospective partner before you are married so it is a good idea and i always recommend it to clients that before you get married do that itc check on each other and show each other your itc report once you've got your credit report what you then also should be doing is essentially giving each other your pay slips mm-hmm. and showing that too. Yeah. And part of the financial counseling process before marriage is about taking two people into two separate rooms and saying, do hear this budget spreadsheet of how your life would look like when you're married. And it's amazing when you look at the ma- the man's or the lady's budgets how different they are and from there you then start converging to somewhere where it's a midpoint remember financial compatibility doesn't mean you're the same if you look at a plug and a socket they're very different but they work together so you need to work together to your strengths so if your husband is the one who's the weak with money then he should delegate the authority Mm. of the purse to his wife as opposed to being the man and then 
crashing and burning yeah. the entire house. Yeah. What informs the discomfort? Is it because we're embarrassed about how we handle finances? Uh, and that, of course, being a barrier towards us having an honest conversation about how much debt I am in, how much I earn, uh, what I spend on. All those kinds of things require a degree of vulnerability. And maybe that that's what informs the, the, the discomfort, yes? I think it's also a matter of financial education because everyone earns money you automatically feel that you have the power to know how to use this thing but remember money is a tool so it's an exchange of value when you are earning money you're essentially selling your time most of the time so all of us have time in equal measure as long as we're alive so Mm. you need to realize that it's a skill so you need to basically master this skill so that you can get the most out of it and the discomfort is really around admitting that I'm earning this thing yet I don't know how to use it Mm. so not many people reach that point of maturity where they can say you know what I'm earning lots of this thing but I'm clueless about how it works let me seek advice so just as you are preparing for marriage go and see a professional financial planner and basically sit down with a financial planning professional and plan because each child whether you want two three or four children it represents two million rand from birth till adulthood in terms of education clothing food holidays needs and those are serious financial considerations so as much as you may be in love saying you want five children you have to be able to provide I can't even tell you. Two million per child. I can't tell you how quickly, you know, all the blood just rushed <laughs> to, to my head because that is a lot to grapple with. But do you find that even when it comes to those discussions, couples aren't on the same page, you know? Uh, everything is pretty much up in the air and, and we'll see how things go and, uh, you know, we want everything to be organic and all mm. of that. And, and in, in having that kind of approach, life is almost happening to you uh, and, and you're not really exercising your degree of control and steering it in the direction you want. I think, yes, there's the emotional argument. When you're in love and preparing to get married, you promise each other you'll live under a bridge with no money. What you eat (laughs) is what I eat. Um, If we're both hungry, we'll both be hungry. If we wear sackcloth together, we wear sackcloth together. That is not true. Because in a real marriage, once the money starts running dry... The intentions flare up, right? (laughs) The true colors of the union start to really expose themselves. And most couples money issues actually then lead to infidelity Mm. so either having too much money in in terms of i'm bored my husband is always working let me find a plan leads to infidelity or somebody is not providing in this household leads to infidelity or i've got a man who i'm tired of looking after let me find a provider leads to infidelity and all of it is rooted around money expectations and we need to realize that we need to set realistic goals as couples as well in terms of finances. Yeah. Grow together. Grow your incomes over time. Don't demand to have the lifestyle of people who've worked 15, 20 years mm. in your first two years of sure. work. And that's what you're seeing these days. You're getting a lot of the millennials having this whole entitlement of saying, we see our mom and our dad stay in a house like this and drive these cars and we want to do the same. Yeah. But how? You yeah. can't because you first have to go through the stage of of creating generational wealth. A good couple would rather be planning for their children and saying that these children we're raising should not have to work. They should walk into houses so that they don't have to pay 20 years to somebody for the right to own a place to live. Mm. And those are the discussions which are building in unions, in couples. But unfortunately, most relationships, one partner I found is lying 
about the true financial status of the relationship. Hey, stop lying, man. Yay. 0861987000. Open up the line to you. It's Personal Finance Tuesday, and we're talking about the must-have money conversation before you say, I do. If you have had these conversations with your spouse, we'd love to hear how it's gone with you. Uh, was it a relatively easy conversation to have? Uh, was it a bit uncomfortable for you? And were you honest about your financial position, what your responsibilities are, and all of that? We'd love to hear from you. Maybe you are in that phase in your life, you know, because I can relate to this conversation. Uh, you can share with us on 0861 It's 15 minutes now past two. And something else uh, that can be a source of uh, tensions, uh, Gerald, can be the, the black tax issue, right? Uh, <laughs> so I wouldn't be as forthcoming about how much it is that I'm responsible for in terms of taking care of my family and my spouse doesn't really know that much. Uh, yes, he knows that I earn this, so maybe I downplay that even. So that I can uh, try and, and cover up how much it is that I am uh, paying for this and paying for that in terms of taking care of my family. So it's a great source of strain, a great source of tensions uh, in many relationships where we don't talk about the black tax and, and it's it's realness. You know, it stresses us out, but there's so much that you are taking care of, but we're not talking about it openly. And that's why we need the structure so that when you're sitting with the love of your life, you say, you know what, I'm going to, we're going to cap 2,000 rand a month to both families. Yeah. If your family doesn't need it, you can save it for them for when they need it. But let's set guidelines mm. and rules. Yeah. The reason we have problems a lot of the time is that one side doesn't want to cap it. I love my mummy too much. You know, I, I'm mummy's boy and I've never let my parents down, you know, and all those emotional issues mm. result in what then becomes financial infidelity. Financial Ooh, infidelity. So financial infidelity is the beginning of the rot of the union because it's that dirty financial secret of your secret stash or the secret shoes you bought or the secret fund or the secret something because once you start opening the door for secrets with money you're going to open the door for secrets with your time mm. you're going to open the door for secrets with everything else and that's when the secret babies and things pop up oh, later on geez. in your marriage openness and transparency with money will be the foundation of a good relationship because you actually are meaning those words i'm there for you for richer for poorer yeah. the first line of the of the marriage vows you are there yeah. and that one these days people want to press delete on that one <laughs> it's 17 minutes now past two o'clock and he calls it financial infidelity it sounds so dirty but but that's essentially what it is uh this dirty secret that you're keeping you're not being honest about your financial situation you're holding withholding certain information uh, about your financial status with your future spouse or your spouse dangerous dangerous territory tell us about your experiences we're speaking now to mampelela did i say your name correctly out in rustenburg yeah, it's, it's Mom Palela. Welcome. Yes, you know what? Um, majority of us, from an individual point of view and from a collective point of view, mm. we are financially unstable. Yeah. And we are not honest about our finances, whether we intend to get into relationships or whether we, in, we intend to uh, mm. get married. Yeah. I'll give you an example with my story. I'm in a position where I'm only, I'm only 31, 32. I'm in a position where I intend to actually get into a stable relationship. And there's somebody of whom I met. And, uh, you know, I've paid all my debts. There's only one outstanding debt that I have, of which I'm fully committed to actually paying off this year. Yeah. And she's got a house. She's got a car. 
she still paying off. And one of the things that I said before we got into the relationship, we started having a conversation about finance. Yeah. And I said to her, I'm not going to get into a relationship only to be responsible to settle your debt. Uh, if either you settle your debt, then therefore you get into this relationship, or you then therefore have to wait up until you are financially stable, and I'm also financially stable, then we get into this wow, relationship. Wow, wow, wow. That is my policy. If you are financially indebted, and I'm not financially indebted, I cannot necessarily be in a relationship with you sure. only to be responsible to settle your debt, whereas I'm not responsible for your debt, you are responsible for your debt. We must collectively be responsible for the debt of which we take collectively. <laughs> Let me give you an example. I've wow. got friends that have been together for 21 years. Uh-huh. They don't even have a single debt. They have got their own two, two, two bedroom house. They have got their own furniture. And I'm only, the only person in the family who has one responsible debt for education. Mm. And that's it. Mm. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, a very firm stance mm. there uh, that, that he has around the debt issue. If you are in debt, you are in no position to get married, basically, if I can just summarize that. Gerald, uh, uh, please do take a note of that. We're going to uh, have you respond to that in just a moment. Kari in uh, Pretoria, hi. Hi, Apelele. Hi, Gerald. Welcome. Um, something that surprised me last year that I heard, and I think everybody needs to know, is that the ANC that we that we need to draft that Gerald is speaking about needs to be done before the Lawala is mm. finalized, yeah. not before the white wedding. Mm. So yeah. if we do it between the Lawala negotiations mm. and the white wedding, it is not legal. Mm. <laughs> well, that's that's actually very true because we're talking about marriage regimes. Remember, it's a financial contract, and that contract commences the moment you your union is recognized. And a customary marriage is a very much a marriage. Uh, yeah. The moment that letter is dropped in your parents' house, you've started the process. If that process is not completed, you can actually file for divorce. Sure. Okay. Sure. Because you were married, and the process was started mm-hmm. the moment that first rand is handed over. Mm. So. You must realize that a lot of us seem to think that the white wedding is the one which is the one which needs an anti-nuptial contract. Yeah, no, yeah. a customary mar- mar- marriage, customary marriage, is just as legitimate mm. as a civil marriage. Many people uh, don't realize. So this? many people have both types of marriages in yeah. force. You start off with a customary yeah. one, and then you go for the civil one. But you were actually married from the point of the customary marriage. The anti-nuptial contract, anti means before mm-hmm. in. Latin. So you have to do it before marriage mm-hmm. and that has to happen. And it speaks to Mampelela's point of saying that he doesn't accept debt because when we start looking for a spouse, you need to look at financial compatibility. And that's sometimes around the history of your families with money. You know, when our parents tell you don't marry from across the railway track, they actually do know what they're talking about because there's financial levels of which you need to understand. If you're marrying someone who grew up with bacon and eggs day in, day out for life, you cannot now plunge them into a life of they can't enjoy that because of you. We need to have mature discussions as potentially married people to say, you know what, I want a man to provide for me. And a man who marries you steps up to that challenge. But you as a woman, you can't keep quiet and pretend that this is going to happen automatically. There are women who will say, I will not pay for a mortgage bond. Mm. And it's true because women sometimes make that choice. You as a bubezi man, provider, alpha, take the woman who you can handle. And the financial 
social level story is very important because somebody who's marrying someone who hasn't been on a plane and then you take them on a plane and then you teach them how to use the knife and fork, it's it's going to lead to problems unless you're coached financially before. Because you also have a situation of those people who come from a background of not having money and because they are now qualified, they earn a lot of money. But actually, when it comes to using the money, they're not that great. And now you're talking about other things because, you know, the champagne taste on a beer budget, basically, you know, the, the way the two worlds just don't meet. Ufuna, uh, all of these lavish things, but you really can't stretch yourself that far. Jerry uh, is in Litabile. Hi. Hi, beautiful. Welcome back. How are you? Oh, thank you. I'm good. How are you? Then your guest as well. How are you? How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Jerry. I'm right, man. I just want to ask you a question. You said that marriage is all about finance. Now, as a person like myself who does not have money, do you advise me to marry? Because it seems <laughs> like a malele, if ever you don't have money, you won't make it into marriage. And then another question is that. Uh, <laughs> though, the starting point, how, are you, how will you get married if you don't have the finances? Yes, And my second question is that. Uh, do you, when is the right time to actually disclose your financial status? Because in most cases, you will tell your partner that uh, uh, maybe you propose it. Then you will find out maybe she does not know that you have uh, some uh, black taxes and other mm. mm. I just want to know when is the right time? Because after you mention everything to her, she begins to lose interest. Yeah, she'll know. be overwhelmed. Yes, before she was interested in you because you are driving big cars. So mm. I just want to know when is the right time to make an announcement? Jerry and Litawile, great questions. Peter in Krugersdorf, hi. Good day, how are you? Good, how's it? Wonderful show. Thank um, you. Thanks for your guest. You know what, I feel like I had a recorder to record the, uh, the, the show. Very, very good. I'm a married somebody. Mm. Now, the challenge is, with me, with my experience, just to share with you, I've managed my wife's thing. I've managed to settle everything. She came with a heap of debts and stuff like that. And we, I sorted it out for her, helping her. Mm. But the challenge when it comes to marriage life is that there's a belief that um, my money is our money. Her money is, is mine, her money. Yeah. It's a big problem. <laughs> such. And the minute I find that there are certain things or money that are put aside, I wouldn't mind to look after my in-laws. But yeah. put it on the table and say, yeah, right. if you are earning one cent, my wife, yeah. bring that pay slip with a cent written on it, and I'll bring the one written million and stuff like that. Mm. It's not a matter of the price, but it's a matter of being fair and being open to each other. But the sure. minute you hide something, Definitely, I won't entertain that. And Absolutely. I'll start saying mm. that everybody. And that's how relationship collapses. And I like your guest who said it's all in revolve around money. You know, if we don't know how to handle this very well, yeah. marriages are collapsing every minute. Very wonderful show. I'm enjoying this. Thank you so much, Peter in Krugersdorp. And we're going to talk about the secret stash phenomena mm. because uh, I would know of many women who, out of fear of, of maybe if the relationship or the marriage collapses uh, and, and perhaps Gerald was taking care of all all the, the bills in the house, I wouldn't be, uh, you know, financially secure should the marriage not work out. We've seen so many people divorce. It would be naive of me to think that perhaps mm. uh, my marriage would last forever. So I have a secret stash that I put away for if anything happens, mm. Uh, mm. I should be able to breathe easy. So we'll talk about that in just a moment. Buzang is in Centurion. Hi, Buzang. Yes, how are you? I'm good. How are you? 
I'm okay, and uh, uh, good afternoon to to your your, your guest there. Mm. And, and I must say, beautiful show. I got it by luck. I'm normally in the office at this hour, but Wonderful. I'm from a meeting. Great to have you. Just a quick comment from my side. I don't want to get into the the finances things, uh, which is the topic of the day. Mm. But the the anti-natural contract is the best way to enter that. However, our people should also know that the ANC is subject to conditions of the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 it's not absolutely enforceable. However, your guest earlier on said something that I think I need to clarify and correct. Okay. And, and about customary marriage. He said the moment that letter lands at your parents' home, there's contractual obligation. And if the marriage is not concluded, you must file for divorce. That is incorrect. If you read the customary law of the country, and I've been subjected to that in a court of life, tested it, I'm a living proof. Mm-hmm. Customary marriage, it is only recognized by the law if the four steps of customary marriage have been completed. Mm-hmm. There's a misconception that once Lobola is paid or negotiated, then you are married. That is not true and that's not correct. Mm-hmm. I don't think your guest said that. It's a general misconception. Mm-hmm. The first step is the letter which the families is a form of communication. Mm-hmm. The second part is the negotiation itself. The, 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 the modern law defines it as negotiations. We say it's a lawala process sure. where the families engage and exchange money or livestock. Mm-hmm. After that is done, there's an argument that's done. That is not yet marriage mm-hmm. because there must be a ceremony which we will call Matabiso or Amasabiso mm-hmm. uh, in a customary way. That must happen. Yeah. Even when Amasabiso has happened mm-hmm. and the ceremony has happened, the law is very clear. That is not the end of marriage. That is not the conclusion. Mm-hmm. The conclusion becomes when Uma Koti is handed over mm-hmm. to the family of the groom. And I'll tell you why is that important. Remember during negotiations, the mother and the father of the bride and the groom are not involved in that process. Yeah. It is the uncle and the aunt. Yeah. So the reason to hand over Makoti to the family of the of the groom is very important because you may find out that traditionally it is the very first time the ma the mother in law is meeting this daughter in law. You yeah. understand? Yeah. So this daughter in law gets delivered and then it is regarded as the fourth and the last step mm. or the final step of a customary marriage. So if you pay Lobola and you don't finish, the family can just write letters to each other and say, we are not coming back again, we are developing <laughs> this. So, but but if, if there was no masabi, so you know that process of slaughtering a yeah, beast, yeah. and they, they cry that the groom are there, to can hold that beast and mm. exchange vows, mm. that is very crucial. And I agree with your guest that I do not know why are our people marrying twice the same person? <laughs> we have the customary marriage, and you still go and, 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 and do what is called a civil marriage. There's four types of marriages in South Africa. It's customary, it's civil, it's religious, and what is now become a modern-day marriage of uh, living in together and mixed sexist marriages. So gotcha. we are well within the parameters of that. I just wanted to clarify mm. this part. Love your contribution, Butzang in Centurion. And uh, we're going to have uh, Gerald respond to all the callers, well, most, uh, if time mm. will allow, uh, after the news headlines. But I wanted to squeeze in TT from Ekahi so quickly before we go to the news headlines. Hi, TT. Hi, Apelele, Mr. G. How are you? I'm good. Good, man. Hey, Apelele, I was hoping you don't take me after that lovely guy I've spoken. But anyways, <laughs> I'll just give my two, two cents worth of contribution. I've been a, a financial planner also for about 11 years. And, yeah. uh, you know, 
listening, sometimes you, you give advice always, but sometimes you just need to sit back and listen to people like Mr. G, and yeah. they also give advice because you all, you all, we all give advice, but it does not mean we are we are the god of everything, Absolutely. you know. But but now I, I just want to say in conclusion that I understand that we are talking about the the prevention of getting into marriage that has financial status, but the reality is that we still have a whole lot of couples that were married, and the the, the financial education was actually not given. Now, yeah. So I'm just saying. Um, it, in my experience, also, I meet a whole lot of clients like that. And I also tell them to say, you know, if I'm going to meet you, I need to meet the husband also. Sort of, let me see your holistical mm. financial uh, perspective, do a proper financial needs analysis, and yeah. then give advice. Because if you give one uh, a, a, a person in, in, in a couple phrase, in yeah. a couple format, yeah. an advice, it's still an incomplete advice Absolutely. because there's another income that got you. TT in Kachiso, love uh, the contribution. Let's take a look now at your latest news headlines with Ntlanta and we'll be back after this. Talking personal finance with Apelele Somi. So it's 25 minutes before 3 o'clock. Power lunch and power 98.7. And we're wrapping up our conversation this Personal Finance Tuesday, talking about the must-have money conversations before you get married, before you say, I do. So much to respond to. Gerald Mwandiavira is acting chief executive officer of the South African Savings Institute. Jerry, talking about when is the right time? Is there ever a right time? Let's put on your mic there, Jerry. Gerald. Okay, what we need to do is um, realize that the right time to start having those financial disclosures is right at the beginning of the courting process. If you are looking after your mom, do disclose this to your partner. If you have black tax issues, disclose it. Because just as it's important to do your health status and those checks, your financial health is simply just as important. Yeah. And when you when we're saying marriage is a financial contract, we're not saying that if you don't have money, you shouldn't get married. All we're saying that when a marriage breaks down, that's what it boils down to. Yeah. So the, the net residue of your marriage when it fails is that it is a financial contract. Yeah. So when we're pointing out the financial issues, it's about saying, be careful. Yeah. Have those discussions. There's nothing wrong with marrying someone from a totally different background, but realize that the fact that you're from two different backgrounds will create we'll precedents and potential challenges mm. in the future. Butsang was right. The four steps, letter, exchange, ceremony, handover. Letter, exchange, ceremony, handover, traditional marriage, sealed. You don't need to go through the civil union, but an ANC contract must happen before the completion of that process. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, often it's null and void. So um, we need to consider that. And, you know, we, we finally had um, the financial planner who called TT. Mm. It's important that when you talk about marriage, Talk about money opening in your family because what you do with your money, the sad part is what's going to be passed down to your children. Yeah. And the moment you open open the door for financial infidelity within a marriage, you're opening the door to all sorts of infidelity. Quick one, the secret stash. Um, I know of, of many people who are married who have the concerns of what if it doesn't work out? What if, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of left out in the cold, so to speak. Mm. Should this marriage dissolve, not work out, things, you know, being rocky and all of that. And as a result, you know, they want to secure their financial future and they have a little stash uh, okay. every now and then, you know, that they contribute to just in case. It's a just in case uh, secret stash. What's your 
take on that? Well, within your budgeting process, you and your husband should have your own pocket money. Mm. What you do with it, where you save it, how you keep it is your business and you don't need to necessarily fully disclose close that because right. it was disclosed in the budget when you, when you received it. Mm-hmm. The secret stash which speaks to the emergency fund for the family, again, that's a good secret stash to have where you know your partner is reckless with money. Mm. Don't tell them how much you've actually got in your savings for the house yeah. because it's truly for an emergency. Yeah. That's a safe secret stash. The one is which is a problematic is the one where the intention is planning for exit, exit or yeah. you're literally mining for gold in your partner when you are preparing for a contingency. Then then it becomes problematic. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with me saying, you know what, you know how much I get every month. You know how much I put in my pocket money. I don't need to tell you how much I spend yeah. of my pocket money. Yeah. That is okay. But it becomes a, a problem when it's a big secret. And we've had cases where couples discover 10, 15 years later that this person had a secret income. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, or secret wealth yeah. meanwhile they when the times are hard for the family they did not even dip Eish. into that stash Gerald uh, people who are in need of this kind of counsel uh, you know moving in this direction very very important uncomfortable issues to be addressed maybe it helps to have a third party to come through and ease the tension so to speak how do we reach you it's at mrgezo at mrgezo on twitter or askgerald.co.za askgerald.co.za and let's remember that it will be uncomfortable especially for couples who've never gone through the counseling process you know sometimes you think you have more than the reality is Mm. but the most important thing in your marriage is start discussing money openly if you need to downgrade make that decision you will bounce back as long as you have a plan Gerald Mwandiambira is acting uh, chief executive officer at the South African Savings Institute thank you so very much it's 20 minutes now before 3 Power 98.7. Now, we're talking.